Good morning, good morning. We welcome you here to the Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church located in Northampton County, North Carolina, uh, just outside of the wonderful little town of Garrysburg. Our motto here at Roanoke Salem is the end of your search for a friendly church. We welcome you here on this fourth Sunday in the month of June. Time is really, really going by quickly. This month has gone by so fast. But we thank the Lord Jesus that he's blessed us and kept us to see another Sunday morning. Today we're going to continue the, the sermon series uh, from the book of Daniel. But before we do that, a couple of things. First of all, I want to again uh, try to remember to always thank um, Mr. Derek Buffalo and Ms. April Allen and um, Ms. Jasmine Smith for being here and helping me make sure that this message gets out. And of course, I want to thank all the deacons and trustees and, and the church family of Roanoke-Salem. And certainly want to thank Deacon uh, Sonny Hardy, who uh, dedicates himself to come out on, on uh, Sundays to be with us uh, as we go forth with this service. Um, I want to repeat for those who know the uh, visual or actually the mission of our church family, uh, it is Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It says, Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you again for another opportunity to preach your word. Help me to preach and teach with clarity and conviction, and I pray, Lord, that it will positively change someone's life. For those who are already saved, it will encourage them to remain faithful to you, and for those who are not saved, it will encourage them to come to accept you as their personal Lord and Savior. In your name, Jesus, amen. Again, uh, on this morning, I'm going to be preaching the last message uh, in this Daniel series. Today's message will be from Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 20. Very familiar passages of scripture for many of you. Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 20. I'm reading, as I do most of the time, from the New International Version. This is what it says, beginning with verse number 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. And finally, verse 20. And Nebuchadnezzar commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing 
furnace. I want to preach today from the topic, we have nothing to worry about. We have nothing to worry about. This entire month of June, I've been preaching from the book of Daniel, and I'm confident that the Lord led me to Daniel for two reasons. The first reason is that um, our church family celebrates men in the month of June. June is men's month uh, at Roanoke Salem, as it is, I'm sure, with many, many other churches. And then the second reason I think Lord led me to Daniel is because Daniel is one of the most powerful and inspiring men in all of the Bible. Daniel's name is right up there with David and with Samson uh, and with Elijah and Elisha. Um, He's up there with Moses and Joseph. Uh, He is one of the most inspiring and most powerful men of the Bible. The information for uh, this message, these messages in this sermon series, uh, I've been using the Zondervan Life Application Study Bible. Um, Zondervan scholars determined that there are four mega themes that are found in the book of Daniel. And, and I've been preaching from these four mega themes. On first Sunday, I preached the sermon, all of this is part of his plan. The mega theme that is the foundation for that message is God is in control. On second Sunday, I preached from the topic, stay focused on your purpose. The mega theme that's the foundation for that message uh, is purpose in life. On third Sunday, I preached with the topic, I'm going to serve God even if it kills me. And the mega theme that was the foundation for that message is the word perseverance. And then today's final message, um, which is we have nothing to worry about. That is based on the mega theme, God is faithful. The fourth and final mega theme for this fourth and final message is God is faithful. We're we're seeing COVID-19 cases uh, rising in almost half of the states here in America. It's been reported that some 48 million Americans are currently unemployed. And, and there are still nationwide, and, and for that matter, worldwide protests uh, against uh, systemic injustice and racism. And the, the protests and the policy changes and statues coming down all over this country are, are, are to end racism or an attempt to end racism and systemic injustice. With, with, with all these uh, situations happening around us, or in some cases happening to us, the body of Christ must never forget that Jehovah God is faithful. Amen now. Amen. God is faithful all the time. It's God who wakes us up every morning. It's not any type of alarm system that we may have on your smartphone or on your computer or, you know, maybe you have Siri or maybe you have Alexia, Alexa, some home house device that talks and does all kinds of stuff for you. That's not what wakes you up. It's God that wakes you up every morning. It's God who keeps our minds clear and focused, not anything that we chant 
not anything that we, we recite, no recitation that we may do daily, not any kind of memory exercise that we, we do on a daily basis. That's not what keeps our minds clear and focused. It's the hand of Almighty God. It's God who makes our bodies to function as they should, as he designed them to function. It's not any pill that we take. It's not the food uh, that we eat. It's not the clean water that we drink. If God doesn't bless us, none of these things by themselves can do us any good. Yes, we do need food. Yes, we do need to drink water. But if God doesn't bless us, if God is not helping us, then none of those things by themselves do us any good. If we put our faith in Jesus Christ, if we give him praise that he deserves, if we do our best to obey his commandments, then we have nothing to worry about. Now, I know that sounds very simplistic, but the fact of the matter is, it really is just that simple. It really is. Not saying that we don't have difficulties and trials and troubles. Not saying that there are times we're not sure what to do or there, unexpected things don't happen in life to us or to somebody that we know and care about. Those things happen because that's part of life living in a, in a fallen, sin-filled world. But if we praise God the way we should, and we always have something to thank him for, and if we do our best to obey him, then we really have nothing to worry about. And I believe as we look at God's faithfulness in the lives of Daniel's three Hebrew friends, we will be encouraged to trust God and not to worry about our future. Look, why are you going to be worried about tomorrow when tomorrow is not even promised to any of us? Matter of fact, this afternoon is not even promised to us. The best we can do is live in the moment and live the best we can for Jesus Christ in every moment, and he's going to take care of us. Let me go to this message really quickly. When King Nebuchadnezzar's army conquered the nation of Judah, Daniel and his three closest friends were captured, and they were taken back to Babylon. In Babylon, Daniel was given a new name. His new name was uh, Belteshazzar. That's the name that he was given. That's the Babylonian name he was given, Belteshazzar. But his three Hebrew friends were renamed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That is the, those are the Babylonian names that Daniel's friends were given. These three men were like Daniel. They were, they were faithful in every way to Jehovah God. Uh, they would not compromise their faith even to save their own lives. Amen. That's a, that's a message in and of itself. When you are so uh, determined, you're, you love the Lord so much, and you are so uh, willing to be obedient to him, that you won't compromise who you are in Christ, even if folk don't like you, even if folk want to harm you, even if your very life is in danger. And believe you me, folks, we know there are Christian martyrs living with us this very day and age. There are folks who literally die because of their faith in Jesus Christ. We better be thankful in this country. As bad as things have gotten for Christians, we better be thankful that still, for whatever his own reason, God's hand is on us and protecting us in this nation, that we haven't gotten to the point yet that we have to hide our Christianity 
and be worried about folks literally rounding us up up and taking us into the streets and shooting and killing us because we are believers in Jesus Christ. That day may come, but we better be thankful and we better tell God, give God praise that we're not living in that day right now. When we're faithful to God, he's even more faithful to us. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is faithful. He is the faithful God. Keeping his covenant of, a th- to, of love to a thousand generations of those who love him, listen now, and keep his commands. God is faithful. Keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations, listen very carefully, to people who love him and who keep his commands. In other words, those who love him enough to trust him and obey him. In chapter one of Daniel, we, we learned that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they, they have a test of faith as soon as they get to Babylon. That was the, the, the whole thing about uh, eating the king's food and drinking the king's wine, and they, they asked the, uh, the, the guard over them to not make them eat the king's food and drink the king's wine. And because God had given Daniel and the three Hebrew boys favor, he agreed for 10 days to not make them eat the king's food and drink the king's wine. And at the end of those 10 days, we saw that Daniel and his three Hebrew friends were in better physical condition and were more mentally sharp than any of the others who had eaten the king's food and drank his wine. So they had a test as soon as they got to Babylon, a test of faith, and they passed it. Then we know that God rewarded them by giving them more knowledge, more wisdom, and favor than any of the other scholars. King Nebuchadnezzar was so impressed with Daniel and these three men, these three young men, that he promoted the four of them to some of the highest positions in his kingdom. Ain't that just like God to take you and me and put us in an environment that's hostile toward us and then put us on top in that environment? That's just like our God. So, so let me just quickly summarize for you uh, what's happening here in chapter 3. I'm going to summarize these first 20 verses. Um, Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, again, are in Babylon. Uh, they have been given positions of authority with, by King Nebuchadnezzar. And um, some of the other people who had authority, some of these other officers, they had different titles, but they became jealous of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just like those 119 uh, officers became jealous of Daniel, and that's how he ended up in the lion's den. So these, these other officers were jealous, and they, they set a trap for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just like a trap was set for Daniel. Uh, and then these three young men refused to bow down to a 90-foot-tall statue that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had built, even though they knew that to disobey would mean death. Nebuchadnezzar, in his arrogance and in his uh, ego, he, he created for himself a 90-foot-tall statue, and he gave the commandment that when music was played anywhere in the kingdom, as soon as you heard that music played, wherever you were, you had to bow, you had to turn and face 
towards whichever way the statue was, because it was out in the plains, but it was 90 foot tall, so everybody could see it. And wherever you were, you had to stop, you had to bow down, face, face towards the statue, and bow down. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow down. And of course, they were reported on, they were told, you know, they were ratted out, uh, they were snitched on by these other uh, officers who, in fact, set this trap for them because they knew they weren't going to bow down. Still, even while they're standing before an angry King Nebuchadnezzar, these three young men told the king in no uncertain terms that they would not bow down to his statue. In other words, we're not going to compromise. One of the things that I pray that we see more of in the body of Christ in this time, not just because of the pandemic and everything else, just because of how the world is every day more and more deteriorating in sin, I pray that more people in the body of Christ, whether it's a whole church or whether it's individuals, will not bow down. We will not compromise to the ways of this world and just go along to get along. That we won't just shut up our mouths just so nobody will get mad with us and not like us and call us anti this and un that and whatever else they may want to call us. We cannot bow down. We cannot compromise. So they told the king, King, nope, we're, we're not going to bow down. And if I may paraphrase, they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, our God is able to save us. But even if he does not, we have nothing to worry about. Amen. That's what they said to the king in essence. King, our God can save us. We know he can. And we believe that he will. But king, even if he doesn't save us, we don't have anything to worry about. Because they, know, they knew who their God was and they knew what their reward would be for not compromising and being faithful to their, to their God. The lesson for the body of Christ today is this. When we know that we know that we know that Jesus Christ is on our side, we can face any adversity because we have nothing to worry about. I, I want to give you quickly three examples of God's faithfulness to us which is why we have nothing to worry about. Number one, God is faithful all the time. That's number one. God is faithful all the time. From the New Living Translation, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Amen. Never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen. Church family, nothing can stop the love of God towards us from reaching us, for helping us, and nothing can stop his mercies from coming to us every day that he lives. Whatever we did on yesterday, it doesn't even matter. And when I say it doesn't matter, I don't mean we shouldn't care about it. Yes, we should care. But when you go to God in prayer and you ask for his forgiveness and the Bible says he will forgive us when we ask for his forgiveness, then whatever you did yesterday that you prayed about and you asked God to forgive you for, you leave that with yesterday because today is a new day. And according to Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, he has new mercies for us every day that we live. That's number one. Number two, God is faithful to his promises. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. God is faithful to his promises. 
Again, from the New Living Translation. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Amen. Simply put, he's going to do everything he says that he's going to do. Whatever promises you find in God's word to you and I as believers in Jesus Christ, God is going to honor those promises. Now, of course, that's when we do what? When we trust him and when we obey him. And we're not perfect, and he knows that. But when we do our best to be obedient, and we're trusting in him no matter what, God is faithful to his promises. Hebrews 10 and 23 tells us that God can be trusted to keep his promise. Amen. He's going to do whatever he says he will do. Third and finally, God is faithful without our help. Hallelujah. God is faithful without our help. In other words, God doesn't need you or need me to be faithful in order for him to be faithful to us. He doesn't need it. We certainly want to be faithful, and he certainly moves on our faithfulness in the sense that he rewards our faithfulness. But God is faithful even if you and I are not faithful. So in other words, God is not like us. See, I'll make, you'll make a promise to me, and then if you don't keep that promise, I'll get mad with you. And from that day forward, I'll tell myself, well, I can't put any confidence in what you said because the last time you promised something or the last time you said or agreed to do something, you didn't do it. So now I've decided you're not trustworthy. God is not like that. See, because you and I make some promises or make some commitments to him on a daily basis. We made a commitment to him when we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. And we haven't dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, spiritually speaking. And yet God is still, he's still faithful to us. That, like I said before, when we confess our sins and get back in right standing with him, he never stops forgiving us. He never stops loving us. And he never stops offering and, and giving us what we need and, and, and helping us, even though we're not always faithful. Amen. From the New Living Translation again, 2 Timothy Chapter 2, verse 13, this is, what, this is what Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, if we are faithless, God remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Even when I'm faithless, when I don't follow through, when I don't carry through, when I don't do the things I've committed to God that I will do, God is still faithful to me. God will still honor his word to me. God doesn't treat us like we treat each other. That's enough for all of us to just stop wherever we are, throw up our hands and yell, hallelujah, glory to his name. Because if you and I had to depend on each other's faithfulness, a whole lot of us wouldn't be where we are in life because we cannot always depend on each other. But we can always depend on God to be faithful even without our help. The, these last four months have been really hard on everybody. They've been hard on us emotionally. They've been hard on us physically. They've been hard on us financially. They've been hard on us ethnically. Amen now. Ethnically, these last four months have been hard. And they've been hard on us spiritually. Our humanity is being tested by some situations that are beyond the control of any human being. Nobody on the face of this earth saw COVID-19 coming. 
And thus far, nobody on the face of this earth can do anything to stop it or reverse it. All the knowledge we think we have and that we do have as mankind, God is still in control. There's stuff he knows we will never know. But be that as it may, be that as it may. And it's easy sometimes to understand uh, that we may feel like giving up. Most folks are living with anxiety and depression and anger and frustration because we realize that no matter what the president says, no matter what the pope says, no matter what uh, preachers may say, none of us know what's going to happen next. But here's the good news. In times like these, we need a savior. And thank God we have a savior in Jesus Christ. As I close, I'm encouraging us to remember the three Hebrew boys. We need to stand firm in our faith in the power of Jesus Christ. If we keep our minds stayed on Jesus, if we keep praying and praising him, if we keep trusting and doing our best to obey Jesus, we have nothing to worry about. When Jesus Christ got up from the grave, his father in heaven gave him all power. That means COVID-19 has to fall and submit to Jesus. Racism and social injustice has to submit to Jesus. Employment, uh, unemployment rates that are sky high, they have to submit to Jesus. Diabetes, cancer, HIV, all sicknesses and, and, and diseases that attack our minds, all sicknesses that attack our bodies, all these issues and ailments, they all are under the authority of Jesus Christ. They all have to submit to the power of Jesus Christ. Ask Jesus what you should do and then do whatever it is he tells you to do. When we're trusting Jesus, we have nothing to worry about. He'll give us a peace that cannot be explained and he will comfort us and supply all of our needs. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. If you're a person today who is not saved, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you feel led by the Holy Spirit to give your life to Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe that you are the son of the living God. I believe that you rose from the dead. I ask you now to be my personal Lord and Savior. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are now saved. Your soul has been saved. Your sins have been forgiven. And you are part of the body of Christ. Now trust the Lord daily. And let the Holy Spirit lead you daily and do your best to be obedient to what the Lord would have you do. And you will have nothing to worry about. In spite of all that's going on in this crazy world, you will have nothing to worry about. And you will be at peace like the body of Christ should be at peace even now. I want to give the benediction and we'll be finished. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth and forevermore. Amen.